Welcome to the Parkway Live Church Podcast. Thank you for taking time to let God's Word impact you. Always encouraged to know God is touching lives through this ministry. Please visit parkwaylife.com to let us know. You can also hit the giving tab to sow into the ministry that you are experiencing. Now, prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. Let's have some peace, man. Can you do that? Let's have some peace. Let's have some peace. We got to have peace. Got to have peace. I, I, I want to talk to you a little bit today, and I'm not preaching about peace, but I, I've got, a, I've got a, a, a long title, but I think you'll remember it, and it simply is this, I'm little, I'm little, but I'm not staying that way. Can you do that? Turn around to somebody and say, I'm little, but I'm not staying that way. So let me, let me talk to you for a few minutes. I'm excited about talking to you and sharing the word of the Lord today. When, when, uh, when Samuel went to Jesse's house, if you can jump in that story if you know that biblical text, went to Jesse's house to anoint a king, he was so impressed with the sons who had the best look, the best physiques, tall, strong, handsome. It's kind of what he was looking at. Towards, or that's what he, they thought he would be looking for. And God had to redirect his thinking to not look on the outside, but look at what's on the inside. And so they started looking for something. Jesse said, I'm going to tell you, you brought everything in on the interview, and you hadn't brought the one God told me to anoint yet. And Israel's grandest king was anointed that day, and it wasn't the tallest it wasn't the best-looking son of Jesse's that got anointed. It was David, and David was a young shepherd boy who, who they forgot to even invite to the interview because they thought he was so small and little and trivial. David was too small, and he was, key word today, too ordinary to catch Samuel's eye. Paul David Tripp said it this way, a great writer, he said, embedded in the largest, excuse me, embedded in the larger story of redemption is a principle that we must not miss. God uses ordinary people to do extraordinary things in the lives of others. Anybody gonna help me preach today a little bit? This is a weird statement I'm about to make, about to make, and in fact, it'll kind of hit you a little bit wrong, but I've got to learn to accept my littleness. I don't even know if that's a good word. I've got to accept my littleness. Now, so often, we don't accept our ordinary. In fact, pretty much most of our life, we are trying to put our chest out and lift our weights and take our steroids and, and all the other things that we might would take to try to somehow beef up and make ourselves extraordinary because we don't accept our ordinary. Any, any communicator would say, man, push past and this and that. But, but we never learn to accept our ordinary. We are trying so hard to prove how big we are. 
We're trying to manufacture ourselves into something we're not. And we learn from a little small kids to absolutely hate our ordinary. We absolutely learn to hate our littleness. And God is speaking to us today, wanting us to accept our ordinary, listen to this, so he can do something crazy extraordinary in all of us. I like that country song, and it's going back a little bit, but it says this. Oh, yeah, I'm going to try to sing it. (laughs) It's all right to be little bitty. (laughs) All right, rest of y'all get your halos off for just one second. You ready? It's all right to be little bitty and a big old. So you just live, it's all right to be a little bitty in this big old town and this big old city. That country song sure helped me to be able to try to tell you it's all right to accept your littleness, your ordinary, your ordinary. Now listen to this. This is where I'm going in this because right now I've rocked your boat and you're saying that's not a really great, great preaching there. But listen, stay with me. There is power in understanding my frailty, my weaknesses, my temptations. There is a power in that. Listen to this. If I never understand my smallness, I will never think I need God's bigness. But I'm going to read you a scripture today, and probably a scripture that you generally probably wouldn't go to at this time of the year, Christmas time, but it, it's, it's prophecy, it's Old Testament prophecy, and it's laying out what is to come in the New Testament. But listen to that closely. It is in uh, Micah chapter 5 and verse 2, and it reads as this, little text that kind of gets lost in Micah. It says this, but you, Bethlehem, Ephrathath, though you are little... Among the thousands of Judah, yet out of you shall come forth to me the one to be ruler in Israel whose goings forth are from old, from everlasting. If you notice in this prophetic text about what is to come in the New Testament of Jesus Christ being born in Bethlehem, Look at here, Micah didn't try to overlook or cover up the reality that Bethlehem was a small, insignificant, little village. He said, though you are little. He amplified that. He didn't have to say that, but he amplifies that, that, that Jesus was born in a place that was small, that was little, that was insignificant. It is what it is, yet the greatest miracle the world has ever known came from inside of this little town's borders. Nothing noteworthy ever took place in Bethlehem uh, to date. To, it, just, it just wasn't happening. No news articles, nothing hit the front page, but all of a sudden, nothing can put you on the front page of the Bethlehem times and the world's times like God choosing to reveal himself in flesh inside of your town. And when God 
steps into your little and starts amplifying himself and being born and doing something great in your little, all of a sudden you step back and say, it's all right to be little bitty if I am standing inside the presence of the almighty God. You see, I'm sick and tired of church always, people always thinking, I've got to have this certain level and I've got to be at this spot and I've got to have this name, I've got to be on this board to do absolutely anything for God. I'm just going to shoot straight with you. We are all ordinary. We are all little. This little five, nine and a half frame is really not that much to it. It's squashed like an ant in this big world. But I gotta tell you, when I back up into his presence and who he is, all of a sudden my little bitty, I'm little, but I'm not gonna stay that way. I'm gonna back up into who he is. You see, some of you step in this place feeling so insignificant, and it's all right for you to understand your insignificance. Sometimes we, we look at that and we, we back and we run away from that. But it's God's pattern to pick and use small, ordinary things to show himself mighty in our lives. The same thing is happening today. People every day are doing greater and greater things because they are realizing how little and ordinary they really are. You see, out of brokenness comes beauty. Out of a little pain comes healing and hope. Out of your mistakes are coming miracles. Out of insecurity is coming boldness. Look at the scripture. It's 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 27 through 29. It reads as this, and it, reads, and it states everything I'm trying to say in one verse. It says this, but God has chosen the foolish things of this world to put to shame the wise and God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty and the base things of this world, those little things of the world and the things which are despised, God has chosen and the things which are not to bring to nothing the things that are that no flesh should glory in his presence. It's vital it's absolutely vital that you understand your smallness. But you can't, I want to stop and say right here, you can't let the smallness seep into your spirit and start destroying your worth in Christ. And I've seen that happen in the church. We've got some people that eat up with pride. They can't do anything for God because they don't ever see themselves having the little side of themselves or the ordinary side of themselves. And so they're propping themselves and they want to be something big. And God said, pride cometh for a fall. That's not going to work in the house. And then we've got the other side of the Christian that they're so lowly in their mind because God, they have taken this littleness and the ordinary and it seeped into their spirit. That's not what God wants you to do either. It seeped into their spirit and it started destroying their worth. You can see it all in them, how they hold their head, how they, how they hold their self in the middle of serving and, and working for God or how they, middle, they, how they handle themselves outside in the world and how they, how they, how they handle themselves just seems to have this disposition about themselves that, that just seems, that seems to be lowly. That's not what I'm talking about here today. 
That's when it seeps in and destroys your worth in Christ. And you'll see those people begin to, man, they just feel like they're always trying to earn God. But they, don't, they really don't feel like that God just loves them right where they are, right for who they are. Your smallness is just so you know that you need him. That's all it is. Understanding your smallness and your littleness and your ordinary is just so that you can understand that you need him, that you absolutely are not a self-made man. And you need to know that. And that's what it's for. But if it ever takes over your spirit, the smallness starts to conquer you. And, and maybe somewhere down under in the undercurrents of the thoughts in your head and heart, you start saying, God can never use me. Satan tries to trap us into thinking that God would not use us because we have too many mistakes, that we don't have enough talent in us to make any kind of real impact. And that's where the littleness started steeping into your spirit and destroying your worth in Christ. And we have too much little to be ever used by God. And if Satan can get us to buy into that lie, and I'm talking to somebody today, if Satan can get you to buy into the lie that our ordinary is our Achilles heel, then we'll spend the rest of our lives on this exhausting treadmill of trying to prove to ourselves and everyone around us that we are worthy. And we'll work and we'll strive that we're worthy, that we're worthy because it's seeped into your spirit and Satan sets this trap because he knows that the greatest thing that we have going for us is, is that God created you to be you. That just Little bitty you, God is going to use to do something extraordinary in. It's a big turn. It's a big thought. And you can find yourself kind of standing at the crossroads of that. And you're finding yourself saying, okay, I'm going to accept my littleness, my ordinariness in God. <laughs> but I'm not going to stop here. I'm little, but I'm not going to stay that way. Not because I'm going to make something great out of myself that you look at me and go, woo, but I'm going to back into who he is and let him start really calling the shots for my worth. That I find my worth in who he is. A little concept, but a life-transforming thought for you today. If we, Satan knows that if we ever embrace our uniqueness, that we are positioning ourselves for God to use us in this mighty and extraordinary way, but he will spend his time setting the trap for you to try to earn it yourself, try to make something great of self, and humanism takes over. And the Lord is saying today, it's all right to be little bitty. You need to understand your weakness, your frailty, your temptations. And you need to back into who I am. And let me start doing something great in your life. And then how many times do we let things start moving into our spirit? 
they start kind of moving in and we're convinced that we can't house anything better than we've currently got. We let, we, we, we let fear stay around because we can't, we can't imagine peace actually living here. See? Fear. We probably really need to have fear now. We let fear stand around because we can imagine peace actually living here. We let, we let lust have the run in the house because we can't imagine self-discipline taking up residence in our house. Anger and bitterness have been there so long that we can't imagine forgiveness ever moving back in because littleness was more than a concept of humbling yourself before God. It became the seeping in your spirit and destroying your worth in Christ. You've been negative so long that you are positively positive that positivity will never be deposited back in your life. Say that again. <laughs> but my word to you this morning is that you don't have to be known for the rest of your life as hopeless, as defeated, you don't have to live the rest of your life telling God that he can't work in your life because all the rooms of your heart are already rented out. But inside Bethlehem, he's going to take something a little bitty and it's going to grow up to be extraordinary. You can allow God to do something new and extraordinary in your ordinary life. Now, I want to talk to you here, and I want you to see this, and I want you to really remember what I'm about to say. We're going to go back to the same text that we just had, but there's two words in here that you didn't see that I wanted to jump out and amplify you, and I want to send you home in a few minutes with this. I want you to go back, and if you would please put that text back on the screen. Well, I've got, I've got it in written where it's just down to that yes. There you go. We're going to look at this right here. Look at this. I like the word Micah used. He says, Though you are little. Everybody say though. Though you are little among the thousands of Judea, yet out of you shall come forth. Say it with me. Would you do that? Though you are little among the thousands of Judea, Yet out of you shall come forth. Man, what a text. What a text. You see there, we see this unique text that though you are little among the thousands, yet out of you shall come forth. There's two words there that jump out, and I've got them underlined for you, and that is though and that is yet. Let me use that for just a minute. We've got though you are little, though you are ordinary, though I'm little, I'm little, I'm ordinary, but yet, yet out of you shall come forth. I'm little, but I'm not gonna stay that way. Do you see it in the text? I'm little, but I'm not gonna stay that way. Let me preach to you a little bit now. Though you have failed him, Yet out of you shall come forth. Though you have come from a broken family, yet out of you shall come forth. Though you were not raised in the church, 
Yet out of you shall come forth. Though you backslid and walked away from God, hallelujah, out of you shall come forth. There is a though, but there is a yet. Somebody is amplified by all the those in your life and you've never let God have a yet in your life. Can you give the Lord a hand clap of praise? This is what I want you to do. I want you to give Jesus your though. Everybody say little. I want you to give Jesus your though and he'll give you his yet. What is your though? Now I'm gonna make you face up to it. What is your though? What is it? It's different for you than it is for me, but I got a though. I got a though. Don't run from your though. That's what I'm saying. That's what I started preaching the beginning of this message. Don't run from your little. Don't run from your ordinary. Don't try to spend your life propping up your though. Don't run from your though. Own it. Own it. You came from a rotten family or you came from this, or you came from that, and we try to spend our life on the treadmill, the devil's got us working, man, I gotta prove something, I gotta prove something, and you spend your life, and I gotta prove this in my marriage, I gotta prove that I'm not like my daddy, and I gotta prove that I'm not like my mom, I gotta prove something, I gotta do this, and I spend my life, and the enemy's got you in the treadmill of though. It's okay for you to own your though. So, many, so much of counseling is trying to get you to settle down and understand your though, but understanding it can't stay that way. You've got to accept a yet in your life. God's not through with you yet. You're in a process. And it's huge what you do here at the crossroads. It's huge what you do here with this. You give Jesus your though, and he'll give you his yet. Why don't, you, why don't you just turn around and tell somebody exactly what that is. You can cheat off the screen. Would you do that? Look right at them, put your finger in their face and say, you give Jesus your though. Some of y'all didn't do it. What's your, what though problem? <laughs> don't run from your though. What is it? Y'all getting it? Don't run from your though. It's okay to be little. It's okay to be ordinary. It's okay. Don't run from your though. Own it so God can put a yet in your life. I've battled, this may be your statement, I've battled insecurity. Yet, somebody say yet. yet. Something great is coming forth from me. I battle fear. Everybody say fear. fear. Yet something great is coming forth from me. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost right there. Some of you are wrestling so much with fear in this season. And you'll spend your life, I, I'm going to think myself happy. I'm going to think myself happy. I'm going I'm to try to have a peace, 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 peace. You need to understand where your weakness is. You got a fear issue. 
Let's just claim it. Don't let the devil step on you and you fight you on the treadmill of that. Stop. Calm down. You've got a fear issue. But guess what? You're human. You're little. You're ordinary. And you can't whip it by yourself. That's your though. But when you step into your yet, here the Prince of Peace just steps back in. He said, you need some help with that fear? I know you're little, but I'm not going to leave you that way. Come here, Brandon. Come here, Brandon. Come here, Brandon. I don't know how it's going to turn out, but we're going to have fun with it. I had to pick somebody big. It's the biggest thing I saw. Look, look right here. I've used, in 15 years, I've used you more as the big. I'm getting bigger, the problem is. All right, look here. Look here. Look here. Watch it. Now, you're going to like this because you love me. Just, just a hug on me here in a minute. I'm smaller than he is. I'm little. He's God. And I'm not going to sit here and just wrestle with all this stuff trying to earn, earn, make, make myself, I'm going to make myself great. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to do, I'm, no. I'm going to relax. I'm going to relax. I'm little. I've got some, I've got some fear. I've got some insecurity. Be good, Brandon. I've got some insecurities. But watch this. I'm going to back in to him. That's, that's, that's really, you take a picture right now and put this on screen. It could hurt us on Facebook. Never kiss me again. Never kiss me again. Jesus, kiss me, but don't kiss me through Brandon. Watch this, I'm backed into him. And all of a sudden, my little, my though, becomes the yet of something larger than I. Now, I know it's a silly little, but you got to let go. Look, I, I, they seem to like want to stay there. It made me nervous. Look, 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 but I'm backing into who he is. I'm going to do it this way now. I'm backing into who he is. Are you with me? I'm backing in, and all of a sudden, my little becomes his yet, and he starts speaking with authority and power over my little. He starts flexing. He starts flexing. And my little muscles don't have to be that much. My little ordinary don't have to be that much. When I turn to the Savior and he puts those muscles up and I say, all right, God, I'm going to accept my little because I'm going to be baptized in his yet. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody, would you stand with me a second? I need you to stand up and say, look, Lord, here's my though. Here's my insecurity. Here's my fear, but I'm backing in to your yet. I need you to do something big inside of my Bethlehem. Hallelujah. Throw your hands in the air and say, I'll commit my though and speak some yet into my life. Speak some yet into my life. Stay there standing just a minute. Some of you battled anger. Some of you battled anger. And you struggle with anger. Yet, something big is coming forth from you. Some of you battled lust. Oh, just let's just let's just get crazy honest in this church for a minute. Let's just, we'll make it so wide that from the time you're a teenager to now, somewhere in your life, you battle lust in your life. Throw your hands up. Come on, please get honest. You battle lust in your life. I battle lust. That's my though. That's my little. 
Yet out of something from within me, God wants to do something that big in my life. Now it's about to get tough. You ready? Some of you have been abused. Some of you have been abused, man. And when I talk about that, my heart breaks for you. I have not suffered physical abuse. But I have so much compassion for people I have. Because I see people spending their life trying to earn their way out of their abuse. Trying to strive and work on the treadmill of their abuse. Trying to feel some kind of worth. And they find it in man, try to find it man after man after man or woman or woman after woman when God's saying just for a minute, just be ordinary and little in your though and own that abuse. And then out of your abuse, out of your though, out of your Bethlehem, out of your brokenness, out of your tears, out of your abuse, God is wanting to do something big through you. Hallelujah. Touch somebody right now and say, be healed in Jesus' name. Would you do that? I know that's a little off the wall. Just say, be healed in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Turn around and just say, yet. Come on, somebody say, the story's not written, finished, or not finished yet. Come on, it's not finished. It's not over. Look at somebody and say, it's not over, baby. Hallelujah. God is still writing out your story. It's not over. I know you've been standing for a minute. Well, you think God's looking for the finest hotel to be born into? He's just looking for a though. <laughs> so you, 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 you're trying to get good to get God. And you can't do it. You've got to get God to get good. And you, you're, you're, trying to, you're trying to you know, clean up the, the manger and clean out all the poo. And God said, wait a minute. I chose that spot. I knew it was going to smell like manure. I knew it was going to stink. I knew it was going to smell like poo. I chose that. I chose the little. And God chose your little. Boy, I feel the Holy Ghost on me right now. God chose your little. Quit, quit underestimating what God chose. He knew there was going to be some poo in your life. He knew there was going to be some smell of manure of brokenness and mistakes and failures and things you did create and things you didn't create. Hallelujah. But inside of that little manger in a place called Bethlehem, he said, yet there must be something great come out of it. Give the Lord a shout of praise. Now, this is the part that's very unique. Bethlehem, insignificant, 
ordinary little one-horse town. <laughs> Guess what? A Savior's born and gives it a completely new identity. Somebody need to hear that right there. In that spot, that little lowly Bethlehem that we sing songs about, little peewee, one light town. All of a sudden, a new story starts being written about it. Because a God manifested in the flesh whose name is Jesus Christ is born in that little town. And all of a sudden, little lowly Bethlehem has a new identity. It's not little lowly Bethlehem anymore. It's on every headline for the last 2016 years. It's still making headlines. I went to Israel and I visited little lowly Bethlehem. I didn't go there for any other reason, but it's the place where Jesus was born. What drove me to that little town? It wasn't though it was little. It was yet God came in and did something great and an identity change took place in it. And now we're still talking this morning about it. An insignificant, ordinary little place that birthed the Christ child. So I'm going I'm to tell you here today, quit using all of your excuses on why God can't use your though. You can excuse, excuse yourself out, well, I'm too shy, I'm too quiet, I'm too poor, I'm too, I'm too insignificant, I, I'm a, I'm blah, 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 and, and we can, I don't do this, or I don't have that, or, and, and, or I'm too sick, or I'm too old, or I'm too young, and you can excuse your way out of all of God's blessings on what he wants to do in your yet. But most of the Bible greats have God, gave God their excuses as well. They gave their excuses. They gave them everything they got. Man, I'm going to give you all the excuses I got. And they laid, laid it out. Many, many, all our Bible heroes laid it out. And then they stepped back and said, I'm little, but you know, Lord, I don't want to stay that way. Do something big and extraordinary in me. And out of their little lives, he parted waters with them. Out of their little life, he raised the dead with them. He won the impossible battles with them. I know you've been standing, but listen, listen. We got little bitty David and stepping on the battlefield and he backs up into his big God. And that big old Goliath says, why do you come here when you send me a little kid out here? A little, little ruddy, no good for nothing kid with a goofy slingshot. That's amplified version. And David looks back at him, kind of, kind of backs his little, his though. He could have let the enemy push him into a worth issue 
but he didn't do that. He let he owned up that he was little, but he backed up into a big God and said, you come to me with a sword and with a shield, but I come to you in the name of my 